0: Mostert leads Supercars Championship after Round 1. 888 had an up-and-down weekend, and the MotoGP discussion gets fiery. All this and more on this episode of the Racing Line Podcast. That would have been the way to start. Oh my gosh. That's fucking brutally. I've been leaving the the banter at the front too. I think it's good. Yeah though. I've seen it. if you Michael move to Queensland, what, what's, gonna to 12, what's gonna happen to our twelve
1: what's gonna happen to our
2: twelve hour tradition, mate? Come down.
0: Good I'll be I'll be the uh the Joey replacement. You better fucking come down. We're recording.
2: Yeah. We're recording. Oh no, I've sworn. That's all good.
3: Sorry, we we that part. your cookie cutter image has been tarnished. We'll all right, let's the begin. Hood. Yeah, let's start. All right. Welcome so to got episode? limited battery time.
1: All right, boys. Episode twenty-three of the Racing Line podcast, and guess what, lads? Racing's back. We've had supercars over the weekend. We've had a motor jeep over the weekend, so we can officially say that the meandering of the preseason is done. It's and just let's before start talking about. Just before racing. Anthony keeps going, it's episode twenty-four. Episode twenty-four, even better. <laughs> just <a few>. Gosh. <laughs> almost at the yeah i think you've been away since episode 19 mickey yeah so welcome back brother welcome back and it's good to have the official motor gp correspondent for the podcast back with us tonight all right jump boys let's jump straight into it supercars we had the sydney super night 600 over the weekend joey let's lead us in where would you like to begin brother
3: um i wanted to begin with just a quick mention of um Brock Feeney, before we sort of delve into the, the heavy hitters of the weekend.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I mean, he looked really good, like we said last week about him at Bathurst. He had two solid top 10 uh, shootout outings and a top 10 finish and then uh, finished just outside of the top 10. But I think what was more telling was, I think, just the the fight he showed, especially in the um, second Composure. race. Like he got his Yeah, he, he composed, but he got his shoulders sort of out and has a, had a bit bit of a bustle with the um with the other fellows who are not giving him an easy time as he's a rookie and that's gonna happen um so i just thought we'd start there just mention that because i was should, should we start at the impressed. beginning do you reckon with the
1: with just the, the results so the saturday results we'll just go podium we had um we had van gisbergen winning in the first race second was anton. me right now anton yeah, yeah. and then third was chasmos chazmos yeah. for race yeah. one and then um, race two was a little bit different. We had Chaz Mostert with the win. We had Brody, Brody. Kistecki coming home second. And then we had um, ADP again finishing in third. Yeah. So I'm just trying to look at your notes, Joe.
3: That right, well, here's, here's where I'll begin quickly then while you're looking yeah. at the notes. So yeah. originally what I was in, what I was um, interested in for the um, – can you hear me? Yeah,
0: we can hear you. Okay. Loud and clear, my friend. Um, by the way, nice mic.
3: Interesting. Uh, interesting. What I was um, sort of took me by not by surprise, but I thought it was an interesting observation. At the start of the weekend was the um the teams who performed well at uh, SP last mm-hmm. event. So what three four months ago, all within the top ten again. Um, at the start of this weekend, and the only difference was that um. Heimgartner was taking uh, Perkett's spot. So in mm-hmm. terms of teams, the only team that really, um, I think would we could all say took a step back from last weekend, uh, from the last event, was Tickford because I think...
1: No way. They, they were just as bad last year, man. Really. Were,
3: were they? I they remember... In- well, I'll tell you this. this I remember this weekend, Waters doing better. Bis- they, I thought at the start of the weekend they were yeah. abysmal. Compared Uh, to how how the other teams had performed,
1: considering last year, like particularly the long race, Waters was managed to pull uh, a result because he went on an alternate strategy. If you if you remember correctly, and he ended up finishing just out of the top ten, but realistically, um, yeah, sorry, out of the top three. But realistically, um, they they struggled last year, and they were talking up a big game on Thursday. Uh, particularly Tim Edwards, but then coming into the, you know, into the practice particularly is interesting because Waters was putting a quick time in, you know, every so often. And then uh, by the time everybody cycled through, he was always back down in 15th. And I, I think he got as high as ninth once. And I, I was kind of looking at it all weekend saying, we're kind of in a little bit of trouble right now. And I it ended le- up
3: being like that. Leave him for a bit because I've got them in in my disappointment section, but I they was um that was definitely a bit of a shock. I thought they would have tried something different sort of just to find a bit of pace. I mean, wall control was pretty bad last time as well, but they seem to have quite a bit more pace um, in the dry practice anyway. Um, and then, well, well, quickly we'll just talk about Triple Eight because the first race, uh, SGB does a three-stopper and he's the only guy to do it. And it was probably, well, it was the smartest move of them all, but it was it was so easy. Like it came so awkward. easy for them. Yeah, it was, and, and I was going to just mention how we are sort of discussing um, last week, how do you think Triple Eight would fare with this new shaker? And even, even the second race after he had that uh, start of the race blunder to come back to sixth, I think Triple Eight is all well and good. I mean, in terms of how that team works, to get a result from that second race and to pull off even what a strategy that... Um, SGB was sort of talking about in the um, after race, um, what is it? Press conference that even he didn't know what the plan was, but he just was trusting in the team, and the result was not even close. I think all in all, they are they are still really the team to beat. And I what, think I'll, you're well off
1: with that with that take,
3: eh? Why is that?
1: Because after the first race, I was I kind of thought all systems go as per usual, but then watching the second race, you can you can't. You cannot claim that um, Van Gisbergen's drive back to sixth was by design. I mean, they got very lucky towards, in the last 20 laps of the race that they had three safety cars and he was able to get back on the lead lap. Yeah, it was he, ridiculous. He, 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 he made a mistake. They brought him in. They put him on the wrong tyres. He made another mistake. Um, that was a mistake. He came back in. He went 1.8 laps down. He was mired in 16th, 17th, and 18th for the whole race got his lap back with 15 laps or so to go and then had two more safety cars that really, really assisted him in that. That was, I would say that that had nothing to do with clever design by triple eight. Do you as, just as made my it point to, for me. Yeah, but he still had to he came put to himself six. in those positions, mate. He still has he, to make the passes. With, with all due respect, if he's on the lead lap and he's making it through, like he should be making it through the field of that car.
3: It yeah, I, I agree. But like but in, in, if you if you if you if I was to tell you fifteen laps into that race, Giza is one point five laps down, and then at the end of the race he came sixth, you would be like, Wow, what happened? I mean, all they all he can all yeah, he can do is um play uh, the cards it, that they're dealt and but they Someone who didn't the watch start. the race,
1: someone who didn't watch the race might think that. Triple Eight pulled it pulled it out of the bag for him, but the reality wasn't. The reality was just the circumstance very much helped him in that regard, and it had nothing to do with clever. There was nothing that Triple Eight did after their mistake that helped him get back through. He got lucky. He got a wave by, and then those last two, um, those last two safety cars really helped him. And a lot of people at the end
0: vying for positions, taking each other out. Do you think? And- do you think? Because on Saturday, obviously their their strategy was so much better than Dick Johnson's and everyone else's. Do you think they got complacent on Sunday with their strategy their race goals? Was,
3: I think their race was dictated, number one, by um, the stuffed-up qualifying. They didn't get into the top 10. Um, and then Shane's mistake going off definitely um, ruined Yeah, it, it made it worse. And And then talking about the pit stop, they made that pit stop because he went off. So the rain started and they thought, well, we can mitigate some of the time lost by taking up pit now. Um, and, have, and then in hindsight, it was, it was a bad mistake because the rain was was nothing more than a splash. But I I, I beg to... In differ hindsight, it was also there. a bad mistake because
1: most I think of that, the top drivers didn't make that decision.
3: Yeah, and, and I'm not disputing that. But what I'm saying is that in terms of how far they fell in that race to come back and get sixth, I think is a... It, is yeah okay so where did Feeney day?
0: finish where did Feeney finish again I 11th can't remember or 12th. yeah so still was, a really I, good I was, result considering
3: it was crazy that he didn't beat that he finished behind SVG I thought to be honest. Joe,
1: for you for you to come out of this season for you to come out of this race week and say that triple are all systems go as they were last I know it's only one race meet but for you to say it's all systems go that's that is so far from from fact.
3: All right we'll they had
1: a lot of mistakes in the race they made a lot of mistakes in qualifying they got a little bit lucky, and they've got a really good racer, and he was able to to spare some of those blushes as well. But they are they are
3: not all systems all right. go. Right what did now. you think, H? Um,
0: in terms race? of the second race, I think like it in terms was, of um,
3: damage limitation, were you impressed or were you? Um, I,
0: I I can see both sides here. I, You know, he was fortuitous in the fact that there was a lot of a lot of incidents on track that caused safety cars. Um, but I still think same as Lewis at Brazil last year. Um, in, in Formula 1, he still has to make the passes. He still has to put himself into those positions to actually make also, the moves up the field.
3: My point is that these are the results that define championships. Well, how, how, how bad are your worst days or how good are your worst days?
1: Your point was that they were all systems go. That's what you said.
3: Yeah, I think that I'm, all I'm systems not, go. Not, to, to resurrect I'm not, that finish, I'm not debating, I think that all systems go.
1: I'm not debating the quality of the driver to come back through the field if he's given mm. a sniff. I'm not debating that.
0: The point I'm trying to make is they made mistakes all weekend. And he's scared okay. their blushes. I'm, I'm a bit um looking at it this weekend. I don't know how Feeney's going to be as a second driver because the other teams around them have got some pretty strong drivers on both sides of the garage. And I don't know if he's going to push them to the championship, the constructors.
3: We'll get to that. i I've, I've put that in mm. these notes. We'll get to that. But um, that is an interesting question we're going to come mm. to. Mm-hmm. All right. So then my next thing was just... That the teams and drivers, I thought, put in a good showing, and I was pleasantly like, pleasantly surprised with, with, with glimpses from these people. First one, Andre Heimgartner. New team, new car, um, and gets into the top 10 on Saturday, has a good race, and really the team let him down in terms of he had to do a final pit stop because he was going to run out of fuel, um, and it, that took away, I think, his top six finish or whatever it was. Um, but I think all in all, we saw that number one, he's, um, he's not the the number one driver in that team like we expected. And I think he'll. Uh, I don't know if I.
1: Forward I think, was actually pretty good, but I was yeah, quite for, pleasantly full, surprised with Forward too.
3: Forward was also in my pleasant surprises. I thought he had showed a lot of fight, but I just think in terms of experience and, and where Heimgartner is in his career, you would expect him to be top dog. And I think he showed that um, this weekend, even. With um in the second race when he started from the back of SGV, I thought he showed a lot of composure and stayed clean. Then my second pleasant surprise was um Tim Slade. I mean, two top ten finishes. I'd like to know what you guys think of of um BRT's performance because I mean it's a small team, I think it's the only one card team on the grid now, isn't it? Yeah. And to um to come away with two top tens and show genuine pace throughout the week. And I think the envy of a lot of the mid-table pack. They shot,
1: they, they shot themselves in the foot in the first race. They started up really good, and um, I think Slade had a poor start, and then they botched one of his pit stops as well. And to make a top 10 out of that result shows the true pace of the car. But, I mean, you know, we always talk about the eye test, but even just watching the eye test over the week, the car looked fast, and he was very competitive throughout. Um, So they definitely have a lot of things going for them. And I wouldn't, like right now, it wouldn't be too much of a stretch to say that that is the second best Ford team out there. Um, Even
3: though it's one car. The second best Ford team. I I think they're performing better than Tickford. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it there because I think Waters is definitely the number one, uh, the number three Ford car on on the grid, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Could that be track specific though, Anthony? Uh, I think
1: that, I think that Waters is doing a whole lot to spare that. To spare that team's blushes right now, dude. To be honest, Courtney,
3: Courtney looked pretty decent this weekend as well, to be honest. If we're going to speak truthfully, top ten, and then um, his strategy was sort of stuffed up in the second race, but he definitely showed genuine pace. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think especially I for Tickford, we know that they're absolute trash at SMP, so I don't want to jump the gun too much on them. Um, but I.
1: I think cool. as a team they've they're struggling a little bit. They are definitely, like I don't know we can talk about this later, they definitely have been surpassed by Walkinshaw over the last 6 months as the as the third best team in the grid 100%. I think we can say
3: That's, uh, 100%
1: pretty obvious. So
3: what about Matt Stone Racing were you impressed by them? I was I was very
1: impressed with Matt Stone Racing to be honest. I was impressed also with the drivers. Yeah. Because you know I think LeBrock hadn't done a whole lot at Tickford to prove that he really deserved a seat. And I think that for, uh, Hazelwood, we always know that he's quick, but he's in that his consistency can be lacking at times. But both of them came out this year or this, this weekend and they are both really competitive. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lot of talk about them bringing in new engineering help. Um, it look, definitely looks like they've maximized the most from the AAA package as well. And it's good to see. Um, there's a lot of effort that's gone into it. It looks like there's a lot of, you know, money, that's has gone into that team as well. And they're there or thereabouts. They probably they, they took the gamble with LeBrock at the end of the race. It didn't really pay off. I I don't think it was ever really going to pay off, but it was good to see them push for it. Um and I think they just need to get a little bit more consistent. But as a as a first showing for the kind of the new iteration of the team, um, it was really good to see. And I it shows of that it they're full so building... for LeBrock, to be honest. Yeah,
3: I I, I feel I like don't they, know if the team should have saved him from himself well not from himself because he was he was carrying out the team strategy and as, as a team they they chanced it but it got to a point when i was like man there's no way you can stay on this track of slicks like especially a yeah. track like that with so much sort of to, um corner time but by, um,
1: by the time that by the time you've done it for that long but like you kind of have to commit because otherwise you're just gonna come out last anyway you know what i
3: mean
0: what were they I mean, saying on commentary it was is it 80 of the lap or something is you turning yeah, something like I that. I think something each corner like on 70%. average
3: is I think each corner on average is like seven seconds, seven of, seconds of corner, mm-hmm. yeah. which is insane. Um, so those were sort of my pleasant surprises. And then we'll go to the teams I sort of was disappointed in. And number one was team 18. I mean, they never I never saw like a moment of oh that they're, they're sort of on, but Scott it wasn't Pye in the middle yeah, of race it, two. It wasn't doing that it was really like, well. Um, yeah, but like in terms of race one, um, they have the hose problem on Pye's car. And then I was race- pretty
0: annoyed at that too. Cause apparently it happened last year a lot.
3: Yeah. But this one, this one they were saying was, um, was a con it was instigated by contact between him and another car. And then race two Scott Pi actually was the one who looked the pace here as well. Like he's, I do think he's the quicker of the two of them. Like in the last what six months, especially, um, and then, he had that tangle up with Percat, which at first I didn't see it, but I, I watched it back. And Perkett's Anthony fault. told me it was Percat's fault. I don't think it was, to be honest, man. because uh, Percat came up the inside clean. And I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know why he he's turned in on him when the car's on his inside, but um, stuffed up I think my boy's race. It was Perkat's fault. That was that was Percat's fault. No way. Did you watch it back? It was back? anyway, okay. I did. I watched it. I beg to differ. It was a racing incident. But in general, I just thought that team had a bad weekend, and in terms of the way they started championship, it was probably the, one of the one of the worst um, weekends they've had in a little while. Um, and then Tickford, like you can go into Tickford a bit more than me. Before, but-
1: so before going into Tickford, but the thing that is so frustrating about um, Team Eighteen is that we we always see the team's potential, like they always have potential, and we're always, well, I don't know, I'm always waiting for them to, like I'm always saying, when are they going to put it together? Like surely they're learning from these mistakes and they're, they're eventually going to put it together and kind of put a run together. And I think that it can happen, but the problem is we don't see it enough. You know, like we're I always see- waiting and expecting them to come good. And at this, and like with the investment they've put in the team, the drivers they've got, the you know engineering they have, they really should be performing better than they are. And they just haven't at this stage been able to put everything together. And it's and the problem is this is their fourth year now. Um, so they really should be putting it together
0: by now. One particularly thing. with the talent they have. What do you think stopping them from putting it together?
3: One thing this, I think these team, little it, mistakes. One thing I think with team 18, it, it's a lot of the teams like so these are these were 300 k races. So the scope for strategy mm. was um like it was wide. Like you can you could try something different think out of the box and um it's not like you have to do it all the time but team 18 have come up with a few pretty good strategies in the past especially to get um, their drivers up the front in um these longer races and to see them sort of stick to the to the norm like the the conventional strategy when that when taking an early pit stop and then giving your driver clean air bears so much dividends for um shane like just like uh splitting up your strategy and running one car to sort of to sort of that strategy in a race just to, to see how it goes like stuff like that i just think they really a lot of the little teams but them especially miss the mark because when they went we see we see so much pace and 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 um you know and, and good moments that they never seem to capitalize on mm-hmm. um and like i think that this weekend was another weekend of that like it was prompt like there's always it's like they're always full of empty promises they can't get out of their own way and I don't like being um, too critical of them because I, I like their drivers and I like their owner and I like the team. But um, yeah, was just, I was just—I just thought they were, out of all the teams this weekend, that I would have expected a little bit more from. Um, I thought I would have liked to see a bit more from them. Yeah. And okay. then I think the same thing with Tickford. Like I—I I didn't expect them to come in and have a you know a rocket ship, but I, I expected a little bit more. And I think one thing that it could be down to is they've got two, oh, they've got one rookie driver and one young driver and then um, Courtney and Waters. But Do you know what I was thinking I felt, of I, this week with tick fit that? Um, I'll mention this quickly before you go. Mm. I felt like this weekend, and especially they were just relying on the brill- brilliance of Cam to race through from the back and hoping on some rain. Mm. Did you get that vibe?
1: I know know they were definitely hoping on the rain because um, they realised that they didn't have the pace very early on. But something that is interesting to consider is that um, particularly over the last few years, Tickford haven't really invested in any engineers, people coming in from externally. So I think they might be victims of their own past success and kind of a little bit of the the McLaren syndrome in the sense that they were, you know, one of the most professional, most competitive teams for so long. And they still kind of expect to be there and they're not there. And they kind of, I don't know if they're um, too proud in the sense that they aren't willing to do everything that's necessary to, to get back to the top. And I think like, if you think about HRT, or sorry, not HRT, WAU, it was very similar to them. You know, they were in the past, they were sitting on their, past you know successes and that was probably you know jading them and their ability to move forward and it only was when they had a long hard look and said you know we're not where we need to be we need to bring in some external people to give this you know team a bit of a shake-up and that's when the changes started being made because the reality is they've got a driver who should be fighting for championships who isn't and they still meant they managed to sign him to a contract for the next two years but if the team keeps you know, failing to live, you know, deliver on these empty promises, then he's going to go win a championship with Triple Eight. And that's the reality of it. They've got a driver that should be winning championships. He's like, even this weekend, the fact that he was able to f- finish in fourth with that car is phenomenal. Like, this Cam orders you're talking about? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. an absolute gun.
3: That's um, something and, as well, if you think and, about and, it. Yeah. The,
1: Chaz did the same yeah. thing for
3: them. He's, he's going to become the new Chaz. Because yeah. Chaz was the, one of the best drivers in the comp for them, who has not enough wins to his tally. Like when you, when, when even he says it himself. Mm. And then the way that they managed the whole Kim and Chaz mm. debacle, like it ended up becoming a debacle, um, was was subpar, and everyone can see that. Mm. And the second that Chaz came into um, WAU, he has performed better than expected but in terms of um imagine if they had kept him there number one they would have, still have probably two of the best younger drivers in the comp but like they would they would they would be able um to challenge I don't know. each other and, and I don't know of, if,
1: yeah i don't know if they could have kept him there because i think yeah, but, he was ready for another like think about most was at tickford and they were underperformed well the problem is the other problem tickford have is that they've got they've had these the luxury of these two drivers mosttert and now waters who perform better than the car does or that that, that better than the car should so that there's probably a misconception within the team that they're they're closer to the top when they are when the reality is that the two people that are driving for them or that were driving for them were pulling out results that they results that they really shouldn't have been getting so until they have a good hard look at where they're at and the fact that they are failing and they are because they're getting worse year on year i mean if you think about two years ago um the second half of the season, Ken Waters came light, nearly won Bathurst 1000. The team was looking really strong. Last year, there was all this build-up to how good they were going to perform. They you know, didn't do so well and started off this year in the same same way. So listen, it might be track-specific, uh, specific, but they've had three runs at Sydney Motorsport Park in the last three years and they haven't Five got any runs
3: further. between last year and this year. I mean,
1: year. So, yeah, season on season. I mean, you, there you go. It's even worse than it looks. So... Something then, is definitely amiss.
3: The other thing as well, I think, is that their driver lineup, like for four cars, has become weaker and weaker. Like, there's no denying that. Like, there was a time when it was winner Winterbottom, Davidson, Reynolds, right? And all three of those cars had a chance of winning the championship once one stage, not just winning races. And now you've got Waters, who's a who's, um, title contender. Mm-hmm. We'll put it in quotations because he is. And then you've got Courtney, who's feasible. He's good. But he's at 41. Then you have got Randall, who's a rookie, who needs a year to learn. Yeah, like, but see, a season with, together. With, then you with, and then but then but then you go sign Jake St- Jake Kostecki, who I've got nothing against. But in terms he's done, of his, he's done
1: he's done nothing
3: he's to done, warrant that. He's done nothing to he's done nothing but. to take a Tickford drive. Like this is a yeah. Tickford drive. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: But the other thing you got to think about is Tickford always have two guns. So I think obviously Waters is the is you know undebatably the leader they have always brought a young driver in to their top team when they were undeveloped so Chaz most that they brought in straight from one season in dick johnson racing he wasn't ready they brought him in and then he matured at the team they did the same thing to cam waters he won super two they brought him in probably a little bit greener than he needed to be and he's turned out to be a great racer and the same thing with tom randall he won super two with them he's really done everything he can at every other level to warrant a place in supercars and I've total confidence that he will be a top racer. So I've no issue with them bringing Randall in. I have no issue with them keeping Courtney for hopefully his last season because he's getting a little bit long in the tooth. But I did not see the um I didn't see the Kastecki move, you know, with any real um care, I should say. I felt like they could probably get a better driver than that. But and you know what? There was better drivers on the market. You know, there was Heimgartner, um, even someone like Holdsworth, but I Fabian. guess Fabian, side yeah. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, that's different. It's not really like the Tickford way. Tickford always traditionally bring in younger drivers, so we'll see how that pans out. But um, right. they're definitely slipping.
3: Yeah, and we'll, all right, let's talk about the big boys and the big talking points. WAE, I was impressed. I don't want to blow their trumpet too early because. I feel it could have been weather weather specific as well, but... Um,
0: Get a P3 on race one though,
3: and it was dry. P3 and P6 on race one. Um, Perk came up through the back. I thought um, it was a strong showing for them. I mean, here's the other thing though. They're always really good on uh, longer races. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a bit more time to sort of flex some strategy. Um, and then race two, P1 and... P whatever, P twenty, P nineteen for for Nick. Um what did you guys think of WAU this weekend?
1: I I, I you're under I think you're underselling it. How you can say that Triple Eight was hitting on all cylinders, but no, WAU I said, might be I said w- specific. I think no, I WAU are awesome this. Weekend. I don't want to hype them
3: up because yeah, I, I don't want to give them bad juju. You should hype them up. I want you guys to hype them it, up for me. It's <laughs> all right,
0: boys. Chaz has got blue hair. It's kind you of should, it's 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 you, staying. You should hype them up, I think, because
1: the reality is um Chaz put the car on I'm talking about Sunday. Um Saturday it was kind of the Van Gisbergen show and Chaz that was a like a you know a damage limitation race. You know, he did the best he could in that race, and he did a good job. Got a podium on the Sunday. Put it on pole. Got really unlucky with the when the weather came out on his on his flying lap for the shootout. Dropped him to seventh, and he was still able to come out um, and comfortably, you know, get to the front of the race by the second pit stop. One, and one in the wet, want- he looked like an absolute machine. So they did one thing.
3: One thing I want to mention quickly before we keep going, just because I think it needs to be said. we um, talking about the strategy. Um, before you keep going, they made the decision to bring Chaz and Nick in together yeah. to fill up on that first um say I uh, was it on the first it or second safety car? car. Yeah, and I, I that noticed pretty much that. and that pretty much meant that when they did their last pit stop on the supersofts, there quick was fuels. no there was no fuel time. They were full, they just did tires and were gone. Yeah. Um I mean, and that's the kind of strategy use.
1: And Erebus did a really quick. Um, fill in that second pit stop so that they could stay in front of ADP, yeah. and they stayed in front of him. But then obviously that that hampered them dramatically going into the now. Now, you know, every team is trying to make the best decisions for them. Like we're not we're not kind of here to say that they've made the wrong decision. But in hindsight, everything that Walkinshaw did over the course of the weekend um, was really good. And if Percat didn't you know crash out. Um and he finished at the back of the top ten. Even for him, you would consider that a good week considering it was his first race meeting with the team. So they got a really strong lineup. You know, I think they're really um, you know, looking quite potent at this particular point in time. And I I don't think it's too much of a stretch. We'll see how consistent Feeney is over the course of the year. But I wouldn't see it as too much of a stretch if they were, you know, definitely in the mix for the constructors' championship come the end of the season. Yeah. H? UH.
0: yeah, I was I was impressed. And um, you know, even Chaz's start in the first race, he made up a couple of spots. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just I think he was just on it all weekend. Um, you know. I think like as a
3: th- team that they've definitely got some belief behind them now. Like they yeah. they're they well, they're sort of feeling themselves, but like in the way that you want them to, like they're they've got confidence in their actions. They should be, they should be feeling themselves a little bit,
0: they should have a bit of momentum. <laughs> It will be okay. interesting to see what the what happens at the next track.
3: Well, that's I we'll talk about that soon as well because I've mm. sort of taken some things down about that. And then Dick Johnson Racing, what do you think about that? Anton looked pretty good this weekend. He's definitely yeah. started the year better than he did last year, like he's on the money straight away. He's driven um, yeah. games
0: off. I think I I, th- <laughs> I think I mentioned it last week. He was really strong last year at um Sydney Motorsport Park. So again, is that specific to City Motorsport Park, or is are they going to be strong across the board? Or is he going to be strong across the board? I think
3: especially last year, Anton was strong for the second half of the season. Like, I remember thinking if this guy started the season well, he would be in the championship hunt or much higher up than he ended up finishing. Yeah. Um, and yes, they were good at SMP, but I think now with um, – I think him and Ludo have made a good connection. I, I do think he's he's the um the real deal this year with Dick Johnson racing as well. So the only
1: the only thing that I have with Deeper Squally is that I think that he's a bit of a win from the lead kind of guy. So he'll win if he's up the front, and he won't make a mistake, and he's really quick. But I don't know if I've I have do not know if he moves through the field as surgically as as some of the other you know guys that we perceive at the top. Yet that's the only the only thing that wouldn't well, fill me with confidence well, he's, about. He's okay,
3: younger than all the other ones. He
1: is, but he's, he's in a car that should be like, if he's racing for the top team or a top team, then regardless of your age, there's an expectation that you're going to perform. And he's been right. racing for long enough.
0: Their strategy did let them down in race one though. Because because he was, he was either first or second. I remember it was him and I can't remember who was up top with him, but then SVG just powered through in the last 10 laps because of their, their think, fuel yeah, strategy. I he think
3: SGV's the, strategy was better than everyone's. Like in terms yeah. of him, he finished better than the rest.
1: But that's
0: what I mean. Like yeah. you can't really blame
1: Antoine for that. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not no, yeah, true. I'm not. I wasn't considering. I wasn't really thinking about that. I was thinking more mm. of when he is behind. So, for example, he was behind Kastecki for a while, and he should have.
3: Yeah.
1: He should have made much a lot of work. Oh I don't know actually, because he was on worse
3: tires, and he what did a pretty you, good
1: job staying well, there.
3: What What do you think of the of, of Erebus then? We'll go straight to there because yeah, they, was, they kind of
1: they performed well. They made a mistake with Will Brown, you know, missing that pit. During that that third safety car, I think it was. But apart from that, um, and obviously Will Brown's qualifying on the Sunday, they look good. They look really good. They look strong. I think they've got a bit of uh, Moxie back in that team, which is good to see. There's there's definitely confidence in the driver lineup they have, and their newfound kind of you know um, financial situation in the sense that they've got a big backer and they kind of feel a bit more established than that again. So I'm 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 pretty impressed with where they're at.
3: Do you like, think could, was good all weekend? Dude Kastecki was was the one I'm so I was sort of not worried about but he's the one I want to see more from. Yeah. Cuz we know what Brown is. But after yeah. this weekend I'm like I think they I think they're both fine. I mean they are it was a bit track, track specific like they were really good at S&P last week. Yeah, so I want to see them at every other track. Um but I, I was thinking I wonder if this team can get get it in the middle with Walk and, and and Tickford. Um or especially I, I was wondering if they could you reckon they could um take on from Tickford.
1: They I don't know. They're probably going to be just as inconsistent as Tickford. The only thing that I would they'll be just as inconsistent I think, but the only thing that I would give Tickford the advantage over, and maybe it's not even Tickford, but it's probably more Care Mortis. I think that um they might have the advantage pu- purely because Waters is, you know, in an echelon above Brown and Kostecki. Yeah. But in relation to maybe the team's championship, it would probably be a lot closer than we expect because it, there's definitely a lot more consistency between those two than with some of the younger drivers that are there. H, you said that you had a, an apology to give me tonight and yeah. I'm really itching to hear what it is.
0: Well, I've been giving you a lot of shit about your... Uh, helmet, your helmet takes about the yeah visor and the not visor. I, uh, I'm with you, mate. The, the little yeah? shitty visor. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Plus, there you go. The SVG's got forward. the full, SVG's got the, the full visor and it looks so much better than say Chaz's helmet. That's got that little, little peak. thing on it. Yeah. I was yeah. like, nah, I get it now. I get it now. So just... I do apologize for giving you shit for that all that time. Yeah. Right, it's so good to see that you're
1: coming over to the, um, to the lighter Because you know what? it, it, I'm not going to harp on about it for too much, but I was watching it again this week, and there's some bloody nice helmets, and then yeah. I look at the these stupid visors, these peaks that they've got, and I'm like, "You've got this this beautiful thing there, that beautiful lid, and you just make it look like an absolute piece of crap." Even yeah. Brock Feeney, right? He's got it doesn't this, look right. Oh, it's... Anyway, <laughs> we're turning into
3: bloody British supercars. It's it's a let's, it's a, let's end like crying let's, shame. I don't need them. The let's end like this. Let's end like this. Yeah. Yeah. Got 18 days to round two, which is a Tasmania super sprint. Yeah. And this has been historically a triple eight stomping ground. Yeah. Right. And I was looking at the stats from last year, triple eight, one, two, triple eight, one, two, race one and two. Um, and then it was weird. Like after that, it was Mostert, Waters, Brown, Davidson, um, all in like all jumbled up like, in both races after that. So I'm interested to like see, especially after next week, if number one. Another team can supplant Triple Eight at um, Tasmania. And then if we see a pattern in terms of how the, how each team finishes, if we can get some regularity in the pecking order of teams, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a bit, of, um, a bit more consistency. Yeah, I think we'll leave It'll it be there for super And tennis. you know what,
1: we won't have too long. We've got just under three weeks to, to wait. So that, that's, that's a good thing. All right, moving right along then, because we're only halfway through the pod for this weekend and we had an absolute zinger of a MotoGP race this weekend. An absolute zinger, boys. And if you watched it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We um, opened the MotoGP season in La Salle this weekend uh, in Qatar, and it was everything that we weren't expecting from the first round of the championship. We've been talking about Ducati and how Suzuki. well they've been. We've been talking about Fabio Quartararo, the world champion, and the rider he's turned out to be. And then this weekend threw up an absolute umbrella of a result. And, you know, Honda was looking really strong. Suzuki looked really strong in practice. And then we got to the race and boy, it was an interesting race. So Mick, I'm going to keep you to three minutes
0: to try to give me a synopsis of the race. No hot takes, mate, just the synopsis.
2: Yeah, look, I, I don't really... Someone else can give the synopsis if they wish because I've got some points of discussion afterwards. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly just... Yeah, so I'll, yeah, let, I'll, I'll let someone else... Give me. I'll give you side. a second.
1: So Please. so qualif- qualifying was interesting. Jorge Martin, Jorge Martin from first. Um, I can't remember who was second, to be perfectly honest with you. But it was Martin, Ma, Mark Marquez was in third. Quattararo and Baganaya were mired in the... You know, the back of the top ten. Paul Espargo looked very strong for Honda as well. Wasn't he and second? I'm pretty sure who? he was second. Yeah. Uh, Paul was from, second. He started from sixth. He started from sixth. See? Yep. Can't remember who was second to be honest with you, but we got into the to the start of the race. The two... No. Rins. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Five, I can't ninth. I can't remember. Um tenth. coming out of the first corner, the two Honda's were number one and two. They had sure was Miller. Um...
3: No, Miller was fourth.
1: Doesn't matter. They had Bastanini behind. Brad Binder had an amazing yeah. start.
3: Oh, um, Bastanini Honda... was second. Well, there you go. That's that, yeah, that makes was, sense. Actually,
1: yeah. um, so they had a great start. Honda looked really strong throughout the whole race. I mean, Pol Espargaro pretty much led the race till the last, you know, till the till the last few laps. Bastanini and Binder were keeping him honest the whole time, and Marquez went from second to fourth, and then he kind of got mired in a battle with the Suzukis, and that might have affected him. Um, interestingly throughout the whole race, there was conversation about Honda and their decision to go to a soft re tire, which is interesting for them, uh, and whether they could hold on to it. And then towards the end of the race, it became pretty obvious that they chewed up too much of it. Um, and you know, it was pretty light work for bastinini and Binder to get past espargro well, Paul
3: made a mistake he, as well.
1: He did, but just, the tire just, was let's definitely just, um, going let's off. just
2: get the race, um, so not- um some <laughs> This guy's been asleep for for an hour and now he's, exactly. he, I've been waiting, he's, I've been waiting for you. For you he's guys dropping to...
1: he's dropping putin bombs. What? <laughs> Welcome back, Michael. Yeah, that's it. So the race ended up top three. We had um uh taking the win for Grissini. Quite an emotional win considering they've just lost their um their founder six months ago, and it was good to see um Fausto Grissini's misses, you know, at the race, and it was very emotional. But he got his first win on a 2021 spec Ducati, which was amazing. Brad Binder, we've been talking about how well he's performed in second halves of races for the last six months. And, you know, it's good to see what he could do when it was up the front for the whole race. And even though they didn't win with uh, Marquez and Pol Sp- well, finishing third and Marquez in fifth, um, Honda do look pretty good considering it's not one of their. Um, their best track so
3: that is is an amazing result that pole beat marquez mm, in a race like that you wouldn't really expect him to do it and it it shows that the bike is actually a bit more suited to him i think we can
1: talk about this a little bit later on but i think there's definitely a conversation about whether marquez's injuries over the last two years has forced honda to develop a better ergonomic bike so there's something there
0: definitely definitely go kuzbel
2: Right, how are you going, guys? What well, it's good to be back. Um, it's been a while. So
0: his I mean, face looks like he's got so much to get off his chest, too. Look at him. <laughs>
2: I've got a few points. I'm, I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. But there's a few I'm things. I'm not going to listen are, to a
3: vegan homily right now. I'm not going to get a word in.
2: <laughs> there's a few things that stand out to me, um, and you know that I've been jotting down over the weekend um, since P- FP1. Um, what I found interesting after Q2. And, and the grid, looking at the grid before the race, is if you had asked me before the race, who are the top twelve drive, uh, riders? Sorry, in the paddock in 2022, it would have been the twelve that um, were in the top twelve. Now the order was a little bit surprising, to say the least. But they would be my top twelve um, riders of 2022. And the race, I think, um, was fantastic. I mean, there was a little bit of everything. What? But even before the race, I, I was. Telling you guys, after watching the first practice session, I could see, um, and I'll start off with Suzuki. I could see that there was there was pace. Um, now, I had to endure a lot of bullshit last year. Um, a lot of comments that were made that I did flag at the start of the start of the season when I said that that the bike, the Suzuki bike last year, would be weak. Um, like you've been holding that, on to this. That proved to be. That proved to be correct yamaha made strides last year and 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 so did Ducati, and we saw a two horse race for all of last year i, I did also for mention, a second like, just I, to did to also, I did Harry also i did also mention nah you can wait just one I second, did also like, one mention second. That it's a joke the 2022 pay, the 2022 suzuki bike would be much improved because it's something that's been being worked on since well before the engine freeze and we saw that i don't know how they've done it but they've managed to produce a bike this year with Significantly improved horsepower. So so much improved, in fact, that um, it can match Ducatis down the long one of the longest straights in in the World Championship. Which, to be honest, blew my mind. In free practice, I also noticed that Honda um, have also increased their horsepower, which was from already a pretty fast bike. Um, KTM, we know, have have speed. Aprilia also, we know, have speed. So realistically, we're looking we're looking at about we're looking at about five manufacturers now that have some pretty impressive top end speed, but Nick, yeah. do you reckon it's, it's
1: um, sorry, do you reckon it's, um, it's overall horsepower or it's even the fact that they're able to get better delivery out of the corners and acceleration like the Ducati?
2: I think, I think um, like Suzuki came out and said straight away before testing, they they've increased minimum th- at least 13 kilometers per hour of horsepower. Now, um, I didn't expect I still did not expect them to match a Ducati down down that long straight. Now watching the race and watching practice they were comfortably um, they were comfortably matching the Ducatis and they were he was and there was a part of the race too where Mir burnt past um, It was either an Aprilia or, or it was a Ducati actually it was it was a Yamaha which doesn't surprise me at all but I was just I was significantly impressed because last year I remember watching Miller burn Mir down the back straight um, twice in the race, and it wasn't a contest. So to see so many manufacturers, like I said, Suzuki, Honda, KTM and Aprilia matching, or at least being competitive with with the Ducatis, I think is fantastic for the year ahead. Um, And considering this is a track where last year Yamaha won both races by a country mile, um, and Ducati was so dominant in in, um, one lap pace, does it surprise me that a Ducati won in the end? No, it doesn't. does the rider who won surprised me yet? Yeah, um, no, not, no, it doesn't to an extent, but really. extremely happy. Um, but yeah, just in terms of overall pace, I think it's going to be an absolutely brilliant, brilliant season. One um, thing that I think
3: is interesting from this race, especially, was well, not even this race from testing as well. Um, Suzuki is still running the inline four, and um, that's something that they want to run, and and that's something that Yamaha have also stated that they will not change. Um, but the, the The whole thing about the inline four has been is um, Honda went to a V4 because they said we can't get the horsepower to match the Ducatis and the Aprilias and the KTMs um, with their V4 configuration. So we're going to, uh, with uh, their V4, so we're going to go to a V4 also. And Yamaha have been struggling really badly with horsepower and and acceleration, but they're saying, no, we're going to stick to our roots and stick to our inline four. And a lot of people say that's because they want to maintain their Yamaha sound but like in terms of the um the whole sort of engine power they're lacking a lot so for, for Suzuki to come with a uh, evolution of their engine and get the same amount of power uh like, not same amount like the um equivalent power that they need to compete with the with the V4s um is number one is applaudable but also i'm just thinking to myself what the hell have yamaha been doing that Suzuki have done this with the smallest budget on the grid, and Yamaha there with, you know, supposed they're fact four factory bikes, and they got their finger in their butt doing nothing. Well, um, and I think I suppose we'll come to that later.
2: Yeah, I, I I had the same thoughts to be honest. Um, you think about Yamaha, and you think about the wealth of um of you know resources that they have, and and you know obviously such a historic, um, historically competitive, his, historically um, successful. Uh, brand company you know factory whatever you want to call it um i i struggle to understand how their bike has been so uh inconsistent you could say over the past three or four years i mean they yes they are inline four and if you look at the two inline four bikes in the paddock you could you could make the point that yamaha and Suzuki are definitely the the most efficient on tire wear however however last year we saw ducati make massive strides with with producing a bike that looked after the tyres, but also kept that phenomenal speed. And we'll get to it later, but you can see the, the benefit that that had with Peko last year. Like I, I was saying all of last year, remember Peko in 2020 falling off the bike at nearly every race. Last year comes and just misses out on the title. So Ducati fixed the tyre wear and that prompted, I think, Suzuki to say, okay, they're matching, they're, they're getting close to us on tyre wear. We need to fix up um, our speed and you know all of, through winter testing, they were saying wind tunnel work, wind tunnel work, wind tunnel work. Um, so yes, Anthony, to go back to your point, I think a lot of it is aero as well. But um, to get that, to get those extra ponies out of the out of the new engine is fantastic. Um, just to move away from Suzuki though, I think Ducati, in all in all, despite the fact that they won, you know, kudos to Grusini I think it's a phenomenal win. Um, I actually think Ducati factory and Pramac were actually pretty disappointing. Obviously Martin didn't have much control over what happened, but Pecco fell I think twice in practice and then he obviously fell in the race. Very ordinary start, Miller did a Miller um, even before his electronics problems, he was he was very he you know they hit he dropped back with Pecco about four spots just off the start and he wasn't going anywhere fast. So I've got some you know, information for you though just about this. <laughs> I will say, I will say, and I call this last year too. You've got two absolute superstars um, coming through the stable in Ducati. I think Anaya um, is is my pick. I think yeah. will, I think if he starts the year the way he, if he continues to to start the year the way he started this race and the way he finished last season on the twenty um, twenty bike, which was which was junk. Um, I think, you know, we could have him signed up for the works team before halfway through the season. I don't think that's out of the question. Um, a question, for one of the things that I also noticed was how impressive Brad Binder was. I yeah. think that KTM is, can't. I don't think the KTM can quite match, say, the Ducati and now the Suzuki down the straight or even even the Honda. But the way that he rode from start to finish was phenomenal. There were moments in that race where it looked like he was about to get overrun. He kept kept the bike consistent. He managed his tyres beautifully. I think it was an unbelievable race. If I can
1: just interject for a second, Mick, the the amazing thing about Brad Binder, particularly with the limitations of the KTM, because they definitely do have limitations compared to everybody else, is that his ability to keep the tyre grippy for the whole race is phenomenal. So even though he doesn't have the outright performance of the bike, and we saw this last year as everybody starts to taper at the end of the races, he was able to make, you know, really good ground. And if he's able to get a little bit more out of the bike in qualifying, so he's starting in, you know, the top 10 as opposed to 15th, 16th, then come the end of the race, as he manages his tyres so well, then rather than finishing sixth, we're going to see a lot more back of the podium positions and, you know, a lot more um, competitive results. Because yeah, that's, that's definitely a, good a, a, a really good trait that he has
2: i think it's a good point however I, I do think ktm still have a problem on circuits that require a soft tire all through testing they were weak um especially in in at Mandalika. they they can't f- seem to find a setup on for their for their bikes on a soft compound which they're going to need considering there are a lot of tracks that will suit the softer compound however whenever they have a medium compound and and the point the point is continuously made in in commentary last year but also at in, in LaSalle, they do well on medium compound tracks. However, I think a lot of the ride yesterday was down to Brad. He conserve he did conserve the tires beautifully, and also you cannot you know you can't escape the fact that Paul made a huge error late in the race because Paul actually managed his worse than tires really tire well as well. As well. Um, Yamaha were nowhere. They're like like we've already like Joe's already said. I, I can't seem to wrap my head around it. You saw Quattro you know, world champion cross the line, shaking his head. I don't think that's a good sign at all. I think he's been upset since since the first test. Um, they need to sort that out very quickly. Morbidelli was, was gone. Um, I expected a really a, a decent race by Morbidelli. Again, it's the first race of the season, um, but considering Yamaha won both these races last year, I expected way more. That's, uh, what, I was gonna, that's what I was
3: going to mention. I was going to say Yamaha won both races last year um at the same track and then to see them cross the line uh, ninth and 11th i think it was mm. and and thinking about it if the three ducatis hadn't come off from whatever that they could have been in 12th and 15th like your your number one factory rider the current world champion finishing in 12th at a race he won a year ago that shows number one how big the step everyone else has made or the lack of step that um that Yamaha has made, I mean, I don't think he's going to, he, he's going to re-sign for them. because I have
1: to ask you a question, boys. I
2: think, can I just say one thing too? I, I honestly think for Yamaha losing the funding that the Petronas satellite team um, used to give them is a massive loss because you could, you know, two years ago, they were the premier satellite team in the, in the class. Um, I think, I think, you know, Pramac and now, you know, if, if this race is an indication, Grassini looked legit, um this season again first race of the season we don't know but losing that that funding that Petronas you know Petronas was able to give them um and also they had a bit of a stable going on two years ago that 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 talent pool seems to be pretty much dried up now I think they're in a bit of a bother um and I, I I'm not expecting much that based on the horsepower game that I saw today saw last night i I honestly am not expecting much until we get to some circuits that are not going to be dominated by by pace and, and and the way the the competition is now like i said you've got 12 12 riders now that are so close you know little margins are making the difference now there's a few points that i'd like to throw to you guys um i i personally think if this race is an indication of anything i think you've got a three horse race for the for the constructors Again, I'm not 100% sold yet on KTM and Aprilia. I think I need to see more because both because Aprilia does well at, at, at Qatar. However, still a very impressive race by Aleish. Um, I think we've got a Ducati, Honda, Suzuki three-way battle um, brewing. Um, what do you guys think? Do you guys agree? Um, another thing that I would like to point out, I've already kind of touched on it, is that Anaya, um, Anaya looks... Looks brilliant. I think there are three tire preservation experts in this competition, and I'd say that Mir's already proved he is one. I think Binder last year showed signs, but I but I think Anaya on a pretty ordinary Ducati um, showed fantastic promise last that, year, and that, he's done it again. He's done it again this year. So he's riding the 2022
1: Duke, He's riding the 2021 Ducati this year. So he's, he's got riding got a, really good... a
2: 2021 Ducati this year, but he was doing well on a 2020. Yeah, yeah. Ducati yep. the year before, which had nothing. So what's your what are your yep. thoughts on Bastianini? Do you think he'll he'll be um, the works rider ahead of Martin? Because I really have no um, have no faith in Miller. I think he's gone. I've got one um, issue. And my last my last thing that I'd hmm. like to say before I, I throw it to you guys is um <laughs> Suzuki have have th- had three big big wins this offseason. All right. They Didn't have a race um, direct team director last year, which I think hurt them even more. Okay, they mm-hmm. lost David Brivio the year after they win the world championship. He goes to F1, they don't replace him, they decide to do some committee approach. The bike was weaker, that hurt them. They've they signed Livio Suppo, who has won two world championships with two different constructors. I think that's a massive win for them. They've obviously increased the horsepower, and the cornering stays the same. If they re sign me, I think it's a massive win, Suzuki, coming out of an off-season where Mia was even – commentators were saying he was considering leaving. So what are your thoughts on the three-horse race, Bastianini? And again, um, considering all of the garbage that was thrown around about Suzuki last year, what are our opinions on Suzuki? Can I start with Ducati quickly? Yeah.
3: All right, so firstly – Quick joke because
1: we've had monologues for the last 20 minutes. All
3: right, so Jack Miller, for for all who want to know – Um, had a electronics problem which was registering his bike on different corners on the gps so when he was going down the front straight his um, throttle uh, was like the limiter so the 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 sensitivity of the throttle wasn't registering on the right corner so on down down the straights he was having um, the the setting that was supposed to be on the long corners and it was not allowing him to accelerate because it was it's it's meant to limit the the inputs on corners So that obviously it,
0: affected his start right
3: which affects going at the start going down all the straights and then also in the corners on some of the corners he get more throttle get more throttle than you want so that's a total electronic problem so blaming him for for a bad race i think is um folly and that's um, why he's yeah. that's why he pulled in in terms I'm of the like, yeah,
2: look, I understand, I understand your point. I get it, Mick. I just, you gotta I just let someone else have a go, brother. But
3: how can you, how, like, I understand
2: I think, the point. I just, I've just never ever, and I've said this all the time, I just don't think Miller has what it takes to be at that. That's not, not, that's or, not I, what I'm we're talking I'm about. Never at the moment. He'll be, I never think he'll, he should have no. ever been given the factory ride, and I still don't think he's going to last,
3: dude. We're not talking we're this. about this. So, so, so that's that's my first point. My second point is, um, yes, all. All the GP22s um, gp, uh, GP seem to have a slight... They're, they're not set up as well as you would expect. And going on, Anaya, Anaya is riding the perfect Ducati should be championship winning bike from last year. That thing's set up. There is setups for every track in the system ready for them to go. That's what they've bought, right? So in terms of the perfect bike, he still has the perfect bike. What Ducati was saying when they developed the new bike was they said, we can't develop this bike anymore, like there's nowhere else for us to go. So, we're going to develop a bike and try and tune it up in the first couple of races, but then give us a higher ceiling that we need for the end of the year development and going into other seasons. Because this bike is really a, a, a revolution, just like yeah, our Honda's is, and even to an extent, Suzuki's is. So, that's why we're seeing. I mean, Anea is an amazing rider as well. So we can't take that away from him. Like, he's, oh. if you saw, um, but, but if you saw like Marini and Bezecchi, Bezecchi was faster of the two as well on last year's bike. So that GP21 is the, the better of the two bikes at the moment. Mm. Um, what you were saying about um, Bastianini getting bikes, a ride next year, I think Zarco, yeah. if he stays on this trajectory, is gone. So there's definitely going to be a, a seat on the. Um, on one GP22 or whatever next year. Um, but I think that's because he's been on a downward tra- trajectory worse than any other Ducati rider from the middle of last
0: year.
2: I, I I tell you though, I don't understand, like I understand what you're saying about Ducati saying, you know, the 21 is is a better bo- is the perfect bike. I don't understand it at the same time because you're talking about a manufacturer who has who has literally got eight um eight bikes on the grid so there's only five new ones i understand that but for me that's for me that's all the more reason to have refined your package before i mean there's no excuse we have we had two full tests this year yes there's there's always going to be there's always going to be scope for adjusting but you have you you have they had four um they had sorry excuse me they had five but bike's worth of data to go from to refine but this package. If they're okay, building yes, a totally for, um, new
3: bike they're just going to get more data from more bikes at every no, race. No, no, but I
2: don't, I don't buy that because at well, the same okay, time... you have to you buy it, at, that's just logic. No, no it, I don't because you have eight bikes, you can go refine H. your package and make it competitive. It's yeah, not is an
0: excuse. It, is it like Formula One where the developments take a while? Like it doesn't happen straight yeah, away. Like it's going to take a it's, few... Yeah, it's definitely that's
1: definitely part of the consideration but the counter argument could be made if you wanted to be um, just argumentative that Ducati have you know brought a new bike this year um, with five with five you know riders providing data Honda have brought a new bike with two or four, four riders ones. bringing data and that bike was a lot more competitive from uh, the LCR beginning running at running track packages though yeah, yeah they are yeah. um Mick to answer your question something that is i think going to be a very big talking point and you know I actually feel feel sorry for Jack Miller in this regard because he did nothing wrong today at all but just purely based no, on didn't. the, just purely based on the performance of Bastianini and even Martin before he got wiped out. There's you know there's already pressure on his seat, and he did nothing wrong. He didn't even really get a chance to punch back, and that's just the nature of but the Could We also right say now. that he
3: actually qualified better than better than um yeah I yeah, he, old yeah, but, mate but as he, well. I, I, no I one's that, ever
2: disputed Miller being good in a one in in one lap time. His he, Miller's Miller's biggest flaw is his his end of the race. He can't. He struggles to close out races he has he'll have a he'll, he'll tease it he'll tease us with 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 a great finish every now and then i think back to two years ago at valencia where he was in a in a back and forth um tussle with Morbidelli and everyone and, and which i think gave him the factory seat and then last year he was ordinary last year he was on this best package that ducati have allegedly produced since being back in motor gp and the best he could do was what finish fourth or fifth in the world championship, please come yeah, on. You so really have point, so much hate for point, him, don't the you? Point I, I don't have trying... hate. I just think that we <laughs> sit <laughs> here on this, we sit here on this Miller hype train, like he's like, no, the next revelation it. of, of bloody McDowen. And he's not, <laughs> and he never will he's... be. Listen, I think
1: that he's definitely already on a hot seat. That's a fact because the I other two guys, are last say, well, he was, and it's even hotter now. That's, that's just the reality of it. The interesting thing is going to be with Bastianini and with Martin. These guys are, definitely part of Ducati's future. But with all the conversation, particularly at the end of last year and moving into this year, with Ducati courting Quattararo as well, it's going to be interesting how that all plays out.
0: I think miller has gone. I could where, very where easily... Does, where does Pecco fit in all this too? Pecco's number one. Peco's I, I number think one. Peco's, He's going Peco, to be the number one rider this year. Yeah.
2: I, I, I think that you're going to see a Pecco-Bastianini um, factory ride. I think um, Martin... Martin and, you know, potentially Marini. Um, will you don't be think they the could Pravac put Bassinini on in, the Pramac and then put Corraro Bast-
1: on, the, on the Lenovo bike?
2: I mean, you could. I, th- I think you've also, got to, can, you've also got to to think about whether Mir signs with Suzuki. Like, I think that's he's hanging the balance. If Mir, if Mir, he's coming to Honda. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so at yeah, all. Yeah, he's me. coming to Honda. No, I'll tell you why not. Because you're sitting there saying, oh, he's going to Honda, like, like the gentleman... Um, with the nice Mike was saying for all through the off-season, oh, he's going to Honda, it's a done deal. Firstly, none of, none of Mia's reps or Honda, actually Honda came out two weeks ago and said it's highly disrespectful and untrue that you're making these rumors. I don't know where this even came from. You were the whatever. most biased whatever.
3: fucking commentator whatever.
0: I've ever
2: heard Mir, in my Mir life. Was, was, courted, was courted by Suzuki all through Moto3. He, he has a lot of affiliation with that with with the factory he came out and said last year he wants more pace they've delivered on the pace they've still it looks like kept their their classic handling i think mir won't make a decision till round four five or six can, can we stick Reg- to regardless where he goes regardless of where he goes i think it's very juicy to to, to have a look at honda because honda have clearly um re- redone their bike um in the, in every sense you've got a bike that you know, if you look at Lassie's bike, Paul could not do anything on it. It was a complete Marquez model. Um, Marquez seems pretty comfortable on the, new, on the new bike, but Paul looked fantastic. And yes, Anthony, Anthony said before that, you know, they've, they've got the wrong tire choice. Okay, maybe they did. But at the same time, if he was on softs for so long, why was he pulling away more than he did? Like he pulled away at one point for about three or four laps, and then he was reeled in really quickly by an AS. So, okay, you're on softs. You led for the whole race. Pull away, pull away more. Do a, do a Lorenzo. Put your foot down and and make it, make yourself uncatchable. So, I was a little bit disappointed. Yes, he was fantastic, whatever, but he didn't win. Um, so I, I'm a little bit disappointed in in pole because I thought if he was going to ever going to win a race, that was his chance. He should have won um, from pole. He 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 could uh-huh. have, but Anaya <laughs> Anaya is my. I think we're really going to see um, the birth of a new star this, this guy knows how to save his tires he's on a Suzuki on a should be bike.
1: pulling for him Mickey Suzuki should really You know be what and I would not
2: complain and and that's another thing we everyone's talking about me and where he's going to re-sign I mean you've got another bloke on the other side of the of the of the garage you know that on on his day can can beat anyone um you know if 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 they do put all their eggs in one basket on me um, you know, where does where could Rins potentially sign? I think if could you ima- imagine this? Imagine Rins on a factory Guc- Ducati. We, can imagine we imagine Rins on a factory Ducati? That this
3: is supposed to be the LaSalle review. Please stop fucking <laughs> imagining these end of the year situations and talk <laughs> about the <laughs> damn race. The, yeah, the, the gentleman like, with the nice mic I'm is gonna, uh, no, because this isn't the I'm end of a, the no, year, no, guys. No, I mean, everyone knows that GP factories make
2: these decisions. I'm gonna put this halfway through the season.
3: I want to bring this back on track because. Before Dude, you do, Joe, before you race do, one. Jake, before yeah, you do. Here's what everyone should used... take away from this. Dude, you you've you should have joined us in the off-season and got Mate, this shit off your he's chest. Got so man, much cause... stuff
2: to say. The <laughs> <So>, gentleman <laughs> with the nice mic has a point. <laughs> <laughs> I sat there through all the bullshit last year. No, you didn't. All the garbage tossed my way, all the pontificating about, about who about how Suzuki fell off a cliff and all these other teams that allegedly were so good. I think this is going to be the tightest. I think this is going to be the tightest year in MotoGP that we've seen for a long time. I, like I said, I think there, are, there is a dearth of quality in the paddock. And and I can't wait. I think race one was just an appetizer. Get ready for a great mate? season, boys.
1: I'm are you excited? excited. Listen, listen let me ready get this back great on track.
3: Season. So what, what, I, what I saw in the race that I think everyone can attest to is number one. Keep it short, Joe. Yeah, number one. Every team except Yamaha had positives in that race. Yeah, we saw... Suzuki had good pace, didn't really have the race pace that I thought they would, but it was close enough that I thought, oh, there's, they're definitely in the ballpark. Um, Honda had both their bikes in the top six, which I did not expect at all. I do believe that they have brought the best starting package of all the teams, like in terms of that's, that bike is a revolution and it's already fast. So it's um, it's surprising and I'm also happy to see them there. And they are... Just showed us what he showed us last year. At the end of the year, he is probably talent that we all want him to be. But like in terms of Yamaha Ducati, had like pace in practice, they had pace in qualifying. They killed. They killed themselves in the race. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm not worried about any of the teams except Yamaha, because Yamaha Yamaha have not shown anything since the start of testing. And then I thought we'll come here and we'll see if they have been sandbagging, but I did not expect to see ninth and 12th or ninth and 11th, but then also their satellite bikes, especially do this. So they've got nothing at the moment. And considering that they were first there two races last year, you would expect that bike is an evolution. So they would have run sort of similar setups to what they had last year that they had success in. If that's what they were doing, everyone has blown by them everyone
2: yeah they definitely look like they're at the back of the pack i i still cannot believe they have they haven't worked on on horsepower and one thing i will say how on earth have suzuki not how have they not thought about pushing for that satellite team again like i think now that they've got a new team director that has to be their priority i mean clearly with the smallest budget arguably in in the in the world championship they've just produced another bike which i think can compete they have to go for a satellite team. Surely this is the year. Go H. Do you reckon, Mick? What team? The are 46 No. No, I think that was that was an option before they signed their their um their deal with Ducati. And I think now they've signed their life away, which is not a bad thing.
0: I think Ducati's fantastic, but surely, surely they have to go for a satellite team soon. Go it's, H.
3: It's, it's before awesome. Michael starts again.
0: Look, I'm loving the passion from our MotoGP correspondent, but as an Australian <laughs> podcast, it would be remiss of us to discuss Remy Gardner's first race in our MotoGP. So I what do th- you guys think? And
3: I was expecting Michael to monologue about this for flame in 20 minutes. Um, I think he did nothing wrong. He did, he, he he pl- he did plotted around. Right.
1: Yeah.
3: I, mean, I mean, realistically, all he has to do for the first half of the year is not crash because for him, staying on the track is the best learning he can get. He has to learn this bike Yes, to learn how to ride these tracks on this new bike. I mean, his teammate crashed. Oliveira again crashed. Um, so for him, stay on the bike, learn, get some data, get some confidence. I mean, there's n- nothing really more he's expected of. He's he's in a satellite team. Any good result is going to be highlighted. Any result like this is is not going to be mentioned because there's nothing to mention. I mean, he finished ahead of Darren Binder. I that mean. Was I, sure. I, I don't know Remember what that, that he says. He's
2: coming off a massive injury. Yeah, the yeah, and that's right. He's
3: got his, his wrist yeah. injury, which is a He's, a bug of an injury for anybody. He,
1: he was the only true rookie that finished the race, didn't he? Binder oh, finished the race too, but Buzeki crashed. Fernandez
2: crashed.
3: D and DG and to- what is that? Oh, Antonio G-Antonio crashed. G-erson, he
2: finished the race. Did
3: he? I'm pretty sure. No, I don't think he finished. I don't, think he finished. I, don't I think, think he finished.
2: I think Gardner, I think what you'll see, what Joseph's saying, you know, is true. I think let him heal. Okay. Because we know that, you know, historically riders are pretty poor when they're carrying injuries. I think let him heal, wait for it, wait for the tracks where KTM have, you know, over the last three or four seasons performed well at, I think, I think it's not re- unrealistic to, um, to consider if he was to outperform Oliveira, he'd be, he'd, you know, he could be on um, the factory KTM before, you know, sooner rather than later. So let's just see how he goes, but I don't think 14th is a bad, a bad finish for your first race tricky track too
0: um especially when the world champion guitar. was 12th yeah exactly
2: so and like i said i think we i think this year out of any other year maybe in the last three or four seasons it's going to be uh, i think the swings from race to race are going to be more drastic I, I don't think it's unrealistic for a race winner you know one one week to be um you know at 10th. the bottom end of the top 10 or just outside the top 10 the week later because like I said, the top twelve riders, I think, are just so close, so, so close.
1: So to to finish the pod, let's have the way too early championship prediction, Mick.
2: Oh look, that's that's too hard for me right now. Um, you've heard of a, about everything just, else. What I take, just, mate? No, what take? I, I honestly just think that LaSalle is so different to any other track in, in, in the season. I, 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 I want to see it. I'm not, I'm not
1: holding t- holding it to you like gospel. Just, just throw me something.
2: Look, to me... Um, Joe. Simply because I think the 22 Ducati right now isn't where it needs to be, I, I'm going to say it's going to be at, between Suzuki or Honda.
1: No, no. Ryder. I don't care about constructors. Give me the champion, rider world champion. Joseph, come on. Me.
3: Me? I would, okay. I would, I would love to say... One word. I've got a sentence. I would love to say Pecco, but in terms of what I saw this week, I'm going to say my way too early prediction is Marquez.
1: I agree.
0: H. And, that, and that hurts me okay. to say that, to be honest. I was going to say Mark Marquez.
3: Yeah. But can I, can I just say quickly we yeah. saw i don't
0: think that's unrealistic we
3: saw six bikes places within places. like 6 seconds in that race i mean this is a, this is a track that that we've seen runaway races recently we've seen yamaha's dominate we that's saw what I'm we saw a leash on the on the um on the aprilia t- running away from Marquez. we had this the, we this had is, we this had, is there's a any, conversation. if there's any,
2: if there's any there's a track call- this year where you're going to have Larger gaps between the finishes, I think it's LaSalle. So I cannot wait to see what it's like at a track where historically the cl- the endings the, the ends to the race are closer. So even though you know, I think Marquez would be my would be my other option because Marquez Please, is can, just incredibly consistent.
1: We need to put a pin in it for the next MotoGP conversation, but we need to talk about Maverick Vinales in our next MotoGP conversation mm-hmm. because I think we 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 might see the end of the, of Maverick Vinales, as we knew it, he maybe as a factory rider. Yeah, let's let's leave that for
0: another time. Any any closing remarks, lads? Any questions? Hey, did you have a question? Uh, no, but I did have an observation, if you will. Um, LaSalle, it it is a much better MotoGP track than it is a Formula One track, and I'm a, I'm glad that we're not going back there again, and that they're yeah. they're doing a, mo- a purpose built track for Formula One. That is a MotoGP track. I don't even yeah.
2: like sale. If I'm being completely honest, I think it's a boring track. I love it as a movie. It's a great DP. It's, 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 it's just a Ducati speedway.
3: No, it's
1: not
2: anymore. I don't, fi- no. I don't find it. I don't Dude,
3: LaSalle has an, LaSalle has enough corners.
2: Didn't Yamaha win
3: there last year? Yeah, two.
2: They they did purely because their spec last year was so good. Yamaha worked so hard on their cornering the year before. They came their bike was untouchable on corner on corner focus tracks. They blitzed Suzuki last year in corner based tracks. I mean can I ask you
3: a question as well, just quickly? Just before we finish, yeah. why why are you so um, were you so shocked with how Maverick performed this week, especially?
1: Because, um, I don't know. I've probably been one of the biggest proponents of Maverick Vignales' like career, like saying how hmm. amazing. Yeah, yeah I, know. I understand. Six Moto three, and I've always I've always loved Top Gun, um. So I always <laughs> wanted to do. Like, that's relevant. No, that's his nickname. I always want him to yeah, do that. I, well. I know that. Um, and I kind of, even the start of his Yamaha, well, his Suzuki career was, I thought was phenomenal. Um, he did really well with a much limit, more limited package than they are now. And then when he moved to Yamaha, straight away, he kind of just lit the world on fire, won four races, you know, on the to start the season. And I'm kind of like, yeah, this is the Maverick Vinales that we all know and, and love. And, you know, he's fantastic. Since then, there hasn't been a whole lot to talk about. And to, if I'm being honest, reg- regardless of you know, my personal feelings towards him, he is not worthy of a factory seat. And he was, just, year, he was
3: just behind last, Quarara.
1: Last year, I'm, well, I'll be honest with you, I don't care how he's performing in relation to a struggling Yamaha. I care about how he's performing in relation to Alessia Espar- Espargaro. Now, Alessia is phenomenal. He's aging. He's not the future of... Aprilia. So if you're bringing in a young rider who had five or six races plus an off-season to get used to the bike, and he's coming right. in and he's, you know, lapping in, in 12s, and his, his teammate is racing for a podium position, then that's an issue with me.
3: I don't, I don't disagree with you. I've I been, been saying that. that considering I mean, he's, considering he's
1: won
2: at La Salle. Considering he's I've won at been, that track. To be honest, I've been saying this since he left Suzuki. He had. He had. Well, when he, he won four races ama- on the bounce, he won, Come he was on, amazing, man. Exactly. He first he was he Yamaha. was amazing. You're, for you're first two races of his career, and was junk the rest of the year. And he stayed at Yamaha way too long, and he's had a shit attitude since he was since he thought he was king shit at the end of his Suzuki career. He left way too early. He got way too cocky, and I think he deserves everything that comes his way because he's always been a prick, and he was a prick last year at Yamaha, and he deserves it. I don't have any remorse for. This is going to be called
3: the unfiltered Michael shit. podcast. Yeah. If you, you have
2: know. a lot of pent up frustration tonight, Michael. <laughs> there, there is no Suzuki bias in this podcast whatsoever, <laughs> is there? I, I'm bloody the hell. No, nah, I, I, there, there isn't. I, I, I'm objective with everything that I say, but the amount of absolute BS that was thrown my way when I said last You said this
3: four times, this year? one pod.
2: Can and, we call this podcast? And add, Joseph wants to act like oh, I'm in the. I called it in the off season. Yeah, of course you did. Harry, Harry, what, I, what, GP Harry was what,
3: I, what I wanted to tell you before was when I woke up on Saturday morning after practice, I had a oh, Facebook, I messages a Facebook rant on our chat that was about <laughs> four pages long about
0: I know. The most anti
3: he just
1: talks to himself page.
0: through messenger. <laughs> an talks, I, actually, I just, it I just commented, I just wrote lol this guy because he's <laughs> never in the chat, never comments. And then all of a sudden, I wake up to about 50 messages. He asks himself a question, it's like he's it's like his monologues. He asks the question, <laughs> then he answers the question, then he gets just upset. I'm a
1: philosopher, he gets, I'm, a philosopher <laughs> okay? not, I'm a philosopher. You're, you're crazy, bro. I'm a
2: philosopher, boys. I you're sit crazy. here, I contemplate. Okay, I, I sit think here, today, I listen,
0: I contemplate. I think tonight's episode is going to be called Michael's Pontification. Oh my gosh, too much. I've, back, enjoyed, Jim, I've, in, I've enjoyed being back. I've enjoyed he was, being back. Listening to us
2: talk
3: about supercars, just thinking about every comment, every point he was going to make, going, like I'm going to
2: get at, these guys. I actually, <laughs> I actually, considered, I actually considered, going, I considered going. back through every pod that we spoke about motor GP last year and snipping all of the but all of the Mick, comments you that can't, were made. You can't, you
1: can't harbour this ill will because the fact is. Suzuki made a made a gain in the off season. So Look, what was about Suzuki? It's not about Suzuki. All, no, For it is me, it definitely is because you, it's you, not, you you're it's harboring really not.
2: some ill will. It's they not. have made they have made a gain in the off season based on... Uh, look, arguably they the made this game in, in preseason testing last year when they no, were they talking didn't. about the 22 bike. Last
3: year's results were not good enough for us to go. Like, oh, Suzuki's going to be next year's champions. Fuck! We had last year's championship. Last, to worry years, about last no, no, year, no, no,
2: no, because your whole argument just fell on itself because How? you sit there saying it wasn't good enough. Of course, it wasn't good enough. But every other manufacturer did what they've done to Suzuki this year, and they've improved. And Suzuki didn't. But they were Harry. preparing for the 22 bike the year before, and I called them many times. You all shit on me. You shit on me every time. And now when Suzuki have a bike that matches the Ducati for speed, everyone's sitting there going, oh, this is unbelievable. This is a
0: revelation. I'm going to put a violin whenever Michael's going on his rants in the background.
2: I said at the start of my explanation tonight, I think it's going to be a three-horse race. I think it's going to be the tightest year we've ever seen. This is why we love MotoGP. Welcome to 2022, boys. And with that, we will leave it there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your
1: patience tonight, guys. It was a long episode. It was a long MotoGP segment of the episode too. So please, thanks so much. It's going to get bigger and better than what it was tonight. So please keep sharing socials, keep liking, subscribing, spreading the word. And we'll see you next week. For a um, interview episode with Nathan Hearn of the Racing Line podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great night.
3: Cheers, thanks, mate. Thanks,
0: mate. Oh, was a roller coaster.